You have just entered the Royal Access, the show for growth-minded game changers seeking God's direction in their relationships and careers. I'm your host, Coral Pinder, and I'm super excited about growing along with you. Now let's dive in to this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Royal Access. It's your girl, Coral, and we are still in the middle of our series, The Secret Place, The Secret Place. I am so excited to be here with you guys. And today our topic is the promises of God, the promises of God. And I know growing up, there was always a saying, the promises of God are yes and amen. Yes and amen. And it's so, I think I talked about it on the last podcast about how sometimes we just say sayings that are not in the Bible, but you know, we've heard them so much and people say them so much that sometimes we think that that's exactly what God is saying to us. And so sometimes it leads us in situations where we feel that God is not holding up his end of the bargain and he's not keeping his promise. I remember as a child growing up, I grew up with both of my parents. My parents were always very dependable. And I know, and I realized that I'm very blessed to be in that situation because I did have friends who had absentee parents in their life. And so because I grew up with parents that was always there. And if they said they were going to do something, they would do it. I wasn't really exposed to adults telling you or making a promise to do something and not do it. So one of my great aunts who was, well, she's not my great aunt, but one of my aunts that I like spending time with, that we like spending time with, she was visiting and she lived in Nassau. So she didn't visit a whole lot, but When she did, we liked spending time with her. We always knew that it was going to be a great time. And so one of the times that she was visiting when we were children, she said, oh, I think she came by the house in the morning and said she had to make a few stops. But in the afternoon, she was coming back and she was taking us out. Guys, I don't even remember where she said she was taking us, but I just know that she said she was taking us out. And so I was super excited. And so she told us like a particular time, like three o'clock. And like I said, my parents are parents who keep their word. And if anybody knows anything about me, I can be a nag or a nuisance. So if you tell me you're going to do something, well, you better believe like I'm holding you to it. So not to tell my age, but I'm pretty up there. So growing up, we did not have cell phones. So I think I was under the age of 12. It doesn't matter. Even in college, I didn't have a cell phone, but we definitely didn't have a cell phone back then. So when she said she was coming back at two o'clock, my brother and I were dressed to the nine. We're sitting in our living room, the front room area where you can look out to the road and it's two o'clock. It's three o'clock. It's four o'clock. My poor mother is looking at us like, oh my gosh, my kids really think that my aunt is going to still make this time and we will not move. Like we're dressed and we're sitting by the window and it's five o'clock. So we made up a song. Like my brother and I were singing a song. We were like, where is that Manita when you need her? Uh, do you see ya? Uh, like, like we were like verses. Like we were, <laughs> we were creating like a whole song. And like, we still remember it to this day. And that memory. Oh my gosh. When I say I feel for my friends who have absentee parents who weren't there, like, I don't know how they did that on a regular basis. It was one time. You only have to fool me once. One time you make a promise and you didn't keep us like, sweet girl. Uh-uh. No, no. You say you're going to do something and you didn't do it. Like we were there for hours. I think we sat in our clothes, refused to take them off. We were just like 
shocked because we had just never encountered that kind of experience. Like if someone makes a promise that they're going to do something, then they're going to do it. And so that was just like mind blowing for us. Spoiler alert. She never came. She never came. I don't know what happened. I'm guessing that she did her rounds of visits that day. And one visit took a little too long. And we were no longer high on the priority of coming back. Of course, we forgave her. But I don't think that I ever, ever allowed her to make plans with me again, other than when I was 23. And I won the Miss Grand Bahama pageant and she flew down for the pageant. And the next day she took me to 17 and bought me like a million like formal suits and gowns and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I forgive you because when I was 12, you know, you didn't come, but we good now, girl, we good. <laughs> so I think we didn't grow up with her. So I think when I won the pageant, it was just some, something that it was the first time someone ever took me on a shopping spree. It was just like, we went into 17 and she was just like, you know, pick whatever you're a queen now. Like you need to be able to have the wardrobe to, to go to all these affairs. I was like, yes, you've had a pomp and circumstance. I'm going to do it. I'm going to shop. But we still remembered. We still remember we forgave her. We forgave her. But being in that situation, I think sometimes because there's so many sayings and so many things that the, the Christianese say to you that sometimes we feel like God is like that. We feel like God is leaving us out there. Like it's four o'clock. It's five o'clock. It's six o'clock. What you doing, Jesus? What you doing? We feel like, and I think even if we look at stories in the Bible, we can see how they may have felt. Sarah, when she was waiting on a child, may have felt like, all right, you told me I was going to have a kid, but I'm, I'm getting up there in age so much to the point where she laughed. And I saw a meme today and I put it on my WhatsApp status and it said, Sarah was trying to birth. Sarah's thinking was just too small. She was trying to birth a baby when God was trying to birth a nation through her. And I was like, yes, you better, you better. So sometimes we're thinking too small. Sometimes we feel like God is not keeping his promise or taking long. And he is like, you're trying to birth a simple baby. I'm trying to birth a nation in you. And so I don't know who that for, like, you're trying to do something simple. And God's like, I'm trying to do something bigger. And so because I'm trying to do something bigger, I'm, I'm going to need you to trust my timing. But the thing about it is God always keeps his promises. But I think sometimes we think that there are some things that are promises that are not really promises. And so that's what we're holding God to. And so for me, I know personally in my, in my own life, when I took a year off of dating, the, the story I heard a pastor tell about the year challenge in the story, he gave a testimony of a young lady who took the year off. So because I heard the sermon and I quickly attached the, I heard the Holy Spirit say, I need you to take a year off. And so I attached her testimony to the charge or the request that the Holy Spirit asked me to do in my life. He said, honey, boo -boo, I never told you to attach her testimony to your life, but I did. And so in her testimony, she took a year off and like shortly after taking the year off, she met somebody, started dating them and she got married. So I was like, boom, I'm gonna take the year off. Shortly after that, I'm gonna meet somebody. Then I'm gonna get married. I was like, no, I didn't, I didn't tell you to, but I took that as a promise. I took, God spoke to me. The Holy Spirit told me to do something. And I added my own promise on, onto it. When God told me not to go back to a nine to five, I was broke, broke, broke for years. I was like, my company, I didn't even have a company at first, so I wasn't even really established. I was just doing odd jobs and I had no money. God was like, I, I told you not to go back to the nine to five. I didn't, I didn't tell you we were about to have money, but these are things that we think are promises. And so I'm like out on a stool, like, where is God when you need him? Do you see him? Where is God? Like I'm out there like, where's God? But God's like, Sahani, I never promised you that. I, I didn't like, I don't, 
I don't know who I, I said to not go back to a nine to five. I need you to do entrepreneurship. Never said you were going to make money doing it. That, that's not what I said. Um, when I got the meeting at Sony Studios with Devon Franklin, I was like, yes, because I told you guys, I will be a nuisance. I will hunt you down. I was like, so when can we have the meeting? Are you free on Wednesday? I will make time. You can only do 30 minutes. No problem. I will catch the bus there. When do you need me there? I will be in and out. So I got the meeting and I was like, yeah, I just wanted to give you some encouragement. Goodbye. Nobody told you we're going to get up. Guys, like I never promised you a movie was going to get made from that meeting. It will get made y'all. But he never said it was going to get made in that meeting. Again, these are, these are promises that I am making and I'm trying to attach them to God. And then when I lost my brother, when I lost my brother, like I was, we were fasting, we were praying. Like one, the first day that he coded, my, my dad and I went in the chapel of the hospital and I never ward in prayer like that in my life. Me and my father was up and down that chapel, just having a holy ghost shout, tearing down walls, just whatever. So when he came back, I was like, yes, Lord, you heard us. You heard, God's like, sweet girl, I'm gonna do my will. I'm gonna do my will. But sometimes we sometimes believe. So what I want to go through with you is not all, but some things, some things that a lot of us think are promises from God but they're really not promises. And I want to reveal some promises to you. Now, there are a whole lot of promises in the Bible, but I want to reveal some to you because I think it's so important for us to be grounded in the word of God and not get so caught up in Christianese or the culture or what the world says should happen to you. Like, I'm a good person, so good things should happen for me. And God's like, honey, boo-boo, it doesn't work that way. And I didn't promise that. So you're waiting out there, sitting there, waiting for something that I never promised you. And so we have to be able to discern the word of God. And I know that there are prophetic words. There are people who came and delivered a prophecy to you. There are visions you saw in your dream. There are things that the Holy Spirit ministered to you. But what I want us to understand is that we always, always just have to trust God's timing and his will and always have to understand that we're human. So I may have heard wrong or I may have heard a, a, a wrong timing. And I have to be okay with that. I have to be okay with that. So there's something that people may believe that God promises us. So the first thing, the first thing that people think God promises us, but he's never promised us is wealth and prosperity. You know, so this and then mm, mm, no wealth and prosperity. So if Jesus said it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, then why, why would, why would on earth he want to, you know, give us all these things that are going to make it extremely hard, extremely hard to surrender to him? Why would he do that? So I'm not saying you're not going to be wealthy. I'm not going to say, I'm not saying you're not going to prosper, but what I'm saying is that the earthly prospering and the earthly wealth is not promise. The prospering is in heaven, is eternal life with God in heaven. That's what the, that's what the prospering is. Wealth is not always material riches. The, the, the scripture says it, 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 that it's harder for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. And so therefore it's even harder. And a lot of people are like, well, make it hard for me, Lord, make it hard. Trust me with the money. You can trust me with the money. But the thing is, the reason why we have to realize that God didn't promise wealth and prosperity is there are certain things that you would not go out and do. We wouldn't have missionaries. And when I say I went to Greece and we met different families that live off sponsorship, I'm like, how do you live paycheck to paycheck? And this one guy who was in that family, he was an engineer 
before he was a missionary. So it was like, you know what it is to have money. Like, you know what it is to live the lifestyle that you have become accustomed to. You know what it is, but you gave that up to be a missionary because you felt like that is what God called you to do. And so there are things that God has called us to do. But if we are steadfast of, oh, I serve God, so I'm going to be wealthy and I'm going to be prosperous. And I'm, you may, I'm not saying that you won't, you may, but it's not a promise. So when you're dealing with situations where it's like, oh, I just put all of this in here and I got and nothing out of it. Were you obedient? Was it fulfilling because you walked in the purpose that God has designed for you? I would have never done the production that we just did that brought me. So every time I talk to people and they're like, what's going on? So we just did this production. It's about to be out at the end of the year. We going to put it on YouTube. I'm just like, my face is lighting up. I made zero dollars, y'all. Zero dollars. But it was just like, this is so in zig what God has called me to do. This podcast. We have been podcasting for over a year and I don't make a dime. I don't make a dime from it. But every week I'm on here and popping trying to say, you know what? I got to talk to my peeps. I got to talk to my, I got to, I got to check in. I got to check in with you guys, but it was just about a being obedient to what God told me to do. And even my first play. So the first thing that we have to remember is wealth and prosperity, not a promise, not a promise. No. Number two. And this was hard for me. 20, I think it was 2017 was the first time I heard this. And I probably talked about it on a podcast before, but to my single sisters and brothers, God ain't promised all of us, no husband and wife. He didn't, he didn't. I know. I know scripture says no good thing will he withhold from those who walk up uprightly. So if there is a good thing for you in marriage, he will bring it to you. But God's idea of a good thing is not always our idea. You know, people say, no, God's going to give me a husband. He's going to give me a husband because the Bible said that God will give you desires of your heart. The Bible also said that the heart is deceitful who can trust it. And so if the heart is deceitful, who can trust it? And the Bible also says, guard your heart. Because out of it flows issues of life. If the Bible also says, guard your heart, it's saying guard your heart because what you have in your heart and your motives are not always aligned with what God told you to do. So if we align with God and we have a desire for God, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all righteousness will be added to you. What God deems as righteous for your life. No good thing will he withhold from you. That's a promise, but he decides what's good. I think the thing is, we think that we're deciding what the desires are. We're deciding how we're going to prosper. We're deciding what righteousness is. We're deciding what good is. And then we're sitting out on the corner like honey boo boo saying, God did not bring me something good. God did not bring me the desires of my heart. The righteousness did not fall, did not follow me following God. And God was like, no, I choose that. I choose what is righteous. When we long for things of the earth and the world, and that's what's happening in the world. When you have a husband and wife, it's a great thing. It's a good thing. And for the people that he has designed it for, and I hope and I pray that that is something that he's designed for me. But if it's not something that he feels is good for me, he won't bring it to me. Now, are there times prophetically that I felt like I've heard that I have, but I have to also be conscious that I have to trust God's timing and I have to be okay with, did you hear wrong? I don't think I heard wrong, but only in time I will know that. So I have to lay it down and I have to surrender because it's not a promise. It will come to me only, not because I had a podcast, not because I wrote a book, not because I'm on Facebook talking about Jesus. No, 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 no. I could be living the toe up life, doing what I want out on the street and God still get saved tomorrow and bring a husband the next day. It's not about what you do. It's about if bringing a husband in your life is going to help you to fulfill the plan and the destiny have, I have for you, that will come to you. If that is going to fulfill the purpose God has in your life, they will be there. 
And if it won't help you fulfill the purpose and the destiny that God has designed for your life when you were in your mother's womb, it will not happen. And that is something that we have to surrender to. It's hard. It's hard because we have our own desires, but we have to lay those down and lay them down for what God said is good. What God says is righteous. What God says is good desires. We have to lay it down and trust and trust that. So the first thing is God didn't promise us wealth and prosperity. Second, God didn't promise you a husband or a wife. Third, God didn't promise you a trouble-free life. He didn't. He didn't. No, no, no. John 16 and 33. John 16 and 33 just basically tells us, I have told you these things so that in me you have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. He almost promised us that trouble will happen. But for some reason, because we serve Jesus, we're like, where all this trouble come from? Did you read your Bible? It told you it will come. The weapons will form, but they will not prosper. Like, you're going to be attacked on this earth. Like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So we will have trouble in this life. Things come that it's like, oh, this rough. Oh, this a lot I'm going through. Oh, this week, guys, <laughs> the enemy tried to take me up. My back was out the whole week. Like, I'm just starting to walk a little better. And now today I have a crick in my neck. I'm like, what is, what is these attacks? Like, why? What's going on? Please inform me. But really and truly, a trouble-free life. Like, no, nothing's promised. I, I started this series on uh, Netflix and it's called Made. And they told me it was depressing. And I'm like finishing episode one and I'm like, bruh, nobody's life is this. Like, is she cursed? Is she hexed? Nobody's life is this troubling. Like her like, woo. Her like, woo, child, just watch her life. And then you'd be like, oh, Lord, what? Just, oh my gosh. But a trouble-free life is not what was promised. And the final thing that I wanted to share that's not promised, wealth and prosperity is not promised, husband and wife not promised, trouble-free is not promised, and happily ever after is not promised. That's Disney. That's Disney. Disney. That's Disney, y'all. Disney got us confused. The media got us confused. So, so there's a scripture that says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So you're like, God said that he comes so I could have life and have it to the full. Uh, in heaven, in heaven, everything, we have to realize that everything that God is promising us deals with the spirit. And everything that the world is encouraging us to say that this is you know, great is for here on earth, okay? But our eternal life is in heaven. On earth, we are dealing with consequences, sin, disease, addiction, death, poor choices, betrayal, the list goes on. On earth, we will experience pain, loss, illness, death, disappointment, divorce, abuse, heartbreaking situations. We will experience all of that. When I watched the movie, The Shack, it was very devastating that his daughter was kidnapped and raped and killed. Very devastating. And he wanted to punish the man that did that. And the lady was saying, you know, how can you be the judge? Like, who are you to judge? And he was just like, you know, that's just wrong, you know. Um, but when you think, when she showed him an image of how the man who kidnapped and killed his daughter was abused growing up. And so it's not an excuse, but the, the point is, as long as we live in this broken world, we're going to experience pain, loss. We're going to experience illness, death, heartbreaking situations, because that's what happens on earth, because we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity, and we have the right to make our own choices. So I can make a choice to serve God, but I'm still living in a society where people have a choice to make their own decisions, 
we're still living in that kind of world. So we cannot expect that, oh, it's just going to be happily ever after because I've decided to follow Jesus. Everybody on earth hasn't decided to follow. That happily ever after happens when you die and you go to heaven. But on earth, we just consistently cling to God. So you're saying, okay, Carol, happily ever after is in promise. A husband or wife is in promise. And, and a trouble-free life is in promise. And wealth and prosperity is in promise. And this just sounds extremely sad. This just sounds really sad. Like, I am serving God and you just made it sound like there is nothing I can depend on that I will be waiting on him like you were waiting on your aunt and nothing's going to happen. And so friends, friends, I want to come and tell you four things that God has promised. And there, there are way more. There are way more than these four things. They're actually a book. There's a book that's called All the Promises of the Bible. So the book that has all the promises is the Bible, but there's a book that they kind of took all of the promises out. And Herbert Locklear is, he's the person who wrote the book, Herbert Locklear. And he found 7,147 promises from God to man in the Bible. So you can breathe. I just told you four things that, you know, God did not promise you that. So don't get carried away, but there are over 7,000 promises that God has. And I just want to share four with you. So the first thing that I want to share is God can be trusted. God can be trusted. I know, I know it feels like what I'm not going to get wealth and no trouble. And he's not promising that, but you can trust him. You can trust him with your heart. You can trust him when you go through loss. You can trust him when you go through illness, you can trust that he's a good, good father and that this earth is not our home. It's not our home forever. While we're here, we do the work of the Lord and we do what he's called us to do. And he will allow that experience to be fulfilling and he will allow us to experience joy and peace and comfort and to have community. And he, he will do all of those things with us. And Hebrews 10 and 23 said, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promises. He can be trusted. He can be trusted, but we have to know what the promises are, but he, we can trust him. So, so the first one is we can trust him. The second one is he will give you wisdom. He will give you wisdom when you're going through a heartbreaking situation. I remember when I was going through the heartbreaking situation with my brother and I was like, God, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I need clarity. I can't move past this. And he allowed me to have the wisdom to contact a friend we had in Cuba. We sent him all the medical records because there's this thing that the enemy would play in your mind when he says, you know, if you did this and you did this earlier, he would have survived. And when I sent all the medical records, the man who we had as a contact in Cuba, he said, girl, even if you sent him months before, we would still be in the situation that we're in now. And so there's nothing that you could have done looking at all of the medical records. And that was, was peace that was given to me because I used the wisdom. And then I studied the word of God and, and I read the, the verse where Paul says to die is to gain. And, and so therefore he was saying that, you know, living on earth is great because I get to spend more time telling people about the goodness of Christ and fulfilling the purpose and the destiny that Christ has me to fill on this earth and telling people about him, but to die is to gain because I get to be with him for life, come from that pain and, and be in a pain-free life. And so that wisdom that God placed inside of me, it didn't bring my brother back, but it gave me peace to know that my brother had a long time 
of dealing with his sickness to really make his peace with God, to make a genuine expression to God that I want to spend eternity with you. I want to be forgiven of my sins. And he had that time. And God showed me that that is the gift that I gave him. I gave him that time to take those months, make his peace with him. I gave you that gift of having months of experiencing that time with him before he went. And I gave you more wisdom and knowledge to trust me. And now your faith has grown so much more. So it didn't bring my brother back, but it allowed me to have wisdom to understand what God is saying. And James one in five says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. That is a promise. Wisdom will be given to you. So when you go through a heartbreaking situation, when I'm like, Lord, I don't understand why you allowed me to be an entrepreneur because I am making $0. And he gives me the wisdom to say that I'm training you. There are people that are being touched by you. There are lives that are being changed. There are things I've called you to do. It's purifying you. It's making you more purposeful. It's making you a light and a beacon in the world. And this is just training ground and just continue to trust me and continue. God is giving you the wisdom to understand what's going on. And he's giving you that, that knowledge to be able to pour into others. And so the first thing is God can be trusted. The second is that he will give you wisdom. The third, and I know this for sure, his presence bring you joy. His presence bring you joy. Some people think, oh, I want wealth and prosperity. I want to have money. I want to be rich. That is no guarantee. Oh, I just can't get, I can't wait till I get married. I can't wait till I get this opportunity. I can't wait till I have my happily ever after. But you know how many people get married and they're depressed? You know how many people have money and they kill themselves? You know how many people watch their dreams come true and then they say, what's next? I feel like I don't know what to do next. God is saying, you're chasing for things of this earth. And when you chase for things of these earth that doesn't bring you joy. But when you, when you come to me, my presence in my presence, there is joy. So people are hoping for money and wealth because they think that it's going to give them access and the freedom to do all of these things that is going to give them joy. And they still don't have joy. And God is saying, Hey, 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 I have the cheat code. Just come to me. Just spend time with me. Just rejoice in me. I see people all the time and they're like, you don't have any of the things that you used to be crying for in your twenties. Yet you seem to be a lot more content than a lot of people who do. It's the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord. And if God does bring those things to me that I have prayed for and I've wanted and I've waited on that are not promises, but things that are desires of my heart that I do feel that he has for me, but he will reveal it in his time. I will still have joy because I know my joy does not come from those things. I have achieved goals. There are things that I wanted that did come to pass. And that didn't bring me joy. But if you're searching for joy, the Bible says, Psalm 16 and 11, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with your joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Bruh, that's a promise. If you're like, I'm depressed. You think you're depressed because you don't have money. You're depressed because you're not in the presence of God. And when you go to the presence of God, that is a promise. Joy is there for you. Wisdom is there for you. Joy is there for you. Trust is there for you. And the last one that I want to share that is a promise is God loves you deeply, no matter what, no matter what you've done. We've all made mistakes, including me. A lot, a lot of mistakes. And a lot of times the enemy will try to make you feel like you don't have wealth in your life because God is mad at you. You don't have this opportunity coming to you because of the things that you have done. You are not experiencing this particular thing because you're not having your happily ever after because God is mad and this is punishment and he's taking it out on you. And then you tell that enemy, no, no, God loves me deeply because Romans 8, 38 and 39. So for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, 
neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So he loves me deeply. Nothing can separate that. And so I will just walk into my calling. I will just walk into trusting him, walk into his wisdom, walk into his joy and his freedom. And all of the things that he has planned for me will be added unto me. The righteousness that he has for me, I will walk into it. The good that he has deemed for me, I will walk into it. The desires that he has for me, that he has placed in my heart, I will walk into it. And so we walk in confidence and knowing that My life may not look like the world thought it would look, but it looks like how God has designed it. And so when I walk in the fullness of what God has called me to do, that is where his promises are. His promises are that you can trust him, that he will give you wisdom, that he will give you joy, he will give you peace, and he loves you no matter the mistakes you've made, no matter what you have done. So as you walk throughout your days, do not get angry at God because you feel like how I was feeling when I was waiting for my aunt because there was a promise given. Know what the promises are that God God has promised us. Don't get caught up in what the world says. Shouldn't you get that if you're a Christian? Why you don't seem to be popping and you say you love Jesus. Jesus just got you out here not doing nothing. And it's like, you know, I trust him. No, 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 no. I trust him. He's going to get glory from this. He's going to get glory from my story. He's going to get glory. His will will be fulfilled through me. He has goodness for me. He has righteousness for me. And I'm going to seek him first. And even though it may not look the way I want it, the way the world wanted, even though the world told me happily ever after his promise, wealth and prosperity, trouble free, a husband, a wife, all of these things, they're promised to you. God is saying, those aren't the things that I promise. I promise that if you seek me first, What I deem as righteousness will be added unto you. My will will be done in your life. Pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your cross. That's a hard thing to do. No one said that following God would be easy. And nobody said that this would be a trouble-free life because there is sin in this life. But I want you to remember that the promises of God is that you can trust him. He will give you wisdom. He will give you joy and peace. And that nothing, nothing you've ever done will stop him from loving you and making sure that you walk into the destiny that he has designed for you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Remember, as you go throughout your days to go into the secret place, share this with a friend who is still struggling with understanding the promises of God and accepting the promises of God. Share this with them so that they can have a greater understanding. Like I said, there are over 7,000 promises of God, but I wanted to share four with you today. And I wanted to dispel some myths of things that you may be waiting on and thinking that it's a promise. And even if it is a promise that God, you're like, no, God told me that this will happen for me. Well, you hide that word in your heart and you meditate on it and you, and you surrender it to God. Because if he said it to you in a prophetic word, in a dream or whatever, if he said it to you, it will come to pass. But I want you to know, I want you to know that you can't rest your salvation and your obedience and what you can't hold it hostage because you said, I got a word and I have to, no, you trust God, you surrender. You trust God, you surrender. We're human, we're human. We trust God, we surrender. We trust God, we surrender. Because maybe you're a Sarah. Maybe you're a Sarah waiting on an Isaac and you want a baby and God's trying to birth a nation. If he promised it to you, maybe you're an Esther and you have to lay it all down. You have to lay it all down to see the promises he's gonna bring to you. Maybe you're a Hannah and you're birthing a prophet to the nations. 
all of us, there's something, there's something God wants to birth into you. Maybe you're a king like David, but God is saying there's some character building I have to do in that time. So if God did promise it to you, then you surrender it. You lay it at his feet. You lay it at his feet and you just continue to repeat the promises that are in the Bible, that I can trust him, that he will give me wisdom when I'm going through a hard journey, that he will give me joy and peace even when I'm not in a state that I thought I would be in. And that he loves me deeply and there's nothing I can do that will separate me from him. I hope you guys have a great day. Leave a rating or review. Come into Royal Access on Facebook. We would love to chat with you. You guys take care. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Royal Access Podcast. Be sure to learn more about how to connect with us in the show notes below. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. We would also love for you to consider leaving a rating or a review. Until next time, I'm Corel Pinder your truth-telling accountability partner.